touchdown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 3 one 5 Hardy faking, face the great Davis and goes to He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. What up, everybody? Welcome in on this gorgeous Wednesday afternoon all across central New York. Record-setting temperatures today. How about that here on February the 15th, the day after Syracuse's biggest win of the season? We'll certainly talk about that as we uh, go on throughout the show. I'd love to hear anybody's thoughts on the uh, game last night for sure throughout our uh, two hours together today at 315-437-7644, our phone number as always, we'll get into the game. The big win. What went well, what did not. Mostly what went well. Blame the refs. Not today. They'll be doing that in Raleigh. And uh, that's all right. We are perfectly pleased not to participate in that bi-weekly tradition uh, today. But a huge win for the Orange last night. We'll talk a lot of hoops today. Get into a little lacrosse as the season is off and running for sure. The Orange men are 3-0. and Big game with the defending national champs, Maryland, coming up in College Park on Saturday. Be joined by Quint Kesnick of ESPN to talk lax coming up at 3. Q was in uh, Baltimore. Oh, Q is in Baltimore all the time due to the fact that he lives there. Uh, but he was in Baltimore uh, yesterday for Hopkins in Carolina on the lax field. A sluggish start for UNC, but a strong finish as uh, the Heels get a big win for the ACC going down and uh, knocking off Hopkins at Homewood. So we'll hit on that. Getting to Gary Gate uh, year three and set the table for Q's and Maryland, uh, which will be Saturday in College Park. And uh, not on Quinn's television channel. Obviously, he works for ESPN. The game is on uh, the game is on the thing that you don't got unless you are an investor in Big Ten Network Plus. You're either going to have to shell out or head down the dial to TK99 to uh, take in the game on the radio uh, this Saturday at 1 o'clock because uh, you think you have it. You are wrong. ACC Network Extra, you have that. Big Ten Network Plus, uh, you're not in the plus. But we'll talk some lax at 3. Maybe a little lax at 2.30. Drew Carter will join us from ACC Network. Syracuse University grad. Other places on the ESPN family of networks. I was thinking, quite literally, earlier this week, you know, we haven't had Drew on in a minute. What, uh, what reason do we have to have Drew on? We'd like to have Drew on. And then last night, lo and behold, who who appears on my television at halftime but uh, Drew sitting there in the studio at halftime. And I said, well, uh, whether you know it or not, Drew, you have booked yourself on the show. So uh, Drew will be joining us today at 2.30. We'll hit the hoops game uh, last night and work our way around the Atlantic Coast Conference a little bit. So uh, looking forward to talking to Drew at 2.30 and Quint coming up today. At uh, 3, that is our plan with the guests. Besides that, we'd love to hear from you uh, throughout our program today at 315-437-7644 as we talk talk the game last night. Syracuse 75, NC State 72. What a game it was. Like the first, I don't know, let's call it 10 minutes, we're kind of, mm, that didn't look so good. And I don't just mean it from a Syracuse perspective. It just was not high-quality basketball either way in the opening quarter of the game. And then NC State got going. It's like, okay. Okay. I see you. NC State's getting going. And then Syracuse made the run at the end of the first half. It's like, all right. 
Now we got ourselves a little basketball game, and then the whole second half. I mean, what a what a great half of basketball. Like both teams had their moments. Both teams had the lead at various points in the second half. Teams are making runs at each other. And while the uh, the two calls on NC State late that depending on the color of your glasses, if they're orange, they were great calls. If they were red, they were terrible calls, which probably means they were both uh, averagey calls, I guess. Like that maybe changed the game, but, it, you know, of plays on the court, Syracuse made them late. Oh, the Arch can't close. Can't close the game. Shoot immense. Can't close the game. Or can he? We've seen it the last two games, and, you know, you can grain assault it because it was Boston College. It was Florida State. That is the bottom third of the league this year. And while those, in theory, are games the Orange should win, and did win. It's not, you know, the kind of games that Syracuse has shown they were able to carry forward to games like yesterday. They had not punched up in a way that resulted in wins. Only in ways that it resulted in compelling losses. Close losses. Interesting losses, for sure, but not wins. And we have documented at the end of those games, the Carolina, the Miami, the Virginia. And it landed a lot on Judah in those games, fairly or otherwise. It landed a lot on Judah, his, for lack of another word, failings at the end of those games. At least, you know, eyes were on him. Things did not go as hoped. Well, BC and FSU, Judah was the best player on the court at the end of the games. Yesterday, Judah was the best player on the court. And we can talk about Jesse's game, and Jesse's game was great. 18 points, 16 rebounds. Battled against a big, big, powerful dude in DJ Burns, who Coach Bayheim after the game compared to Zach Randolph. That's um, that's high praise. Uh, Zebo could play now. He had grit and grind. But, you know, Burns, he's fun to watch, man. Big dude, fun to watch. Got called for that charge late. Was it a charge? Was it not? Eh, I don't know. RJ giving it back. Hey, if Virginia's not giving back the game against Duke Saturday, Syracuse ain't giving back last night. I'll tell you that much. But Judah was the best player on the court. And to steal from Dino Babers. Now, Dino's got a saying or a movie or a quote for literally, I think, every possible life situation. But the way he always describes uh, the quarterback position is like a race car driver. And that you have to learn how to drive the car and not crash it. That it's not just pedal to the metal. That it's not just jamming the accelerator to the floor and driving. Well, as impressive as Judah has been from the get-go this season, in many ways that was his game for much of the year, was go, go, go. Accelerate, and that's what got him into trouble. Those charges and stuff at the end of those close losses, you know, within the last month, you know, they were mistakes of aggression. Which, if you're going to have mistakes and mistakes that you can figure your way around, you'd rather it be that because, okay, that that's at your max level. Now, okay, you know how to rein it in. Some people can't get to that level. If you can get to that level, that's great, but you got to know how to bring it back. 
And what Judah has been able to do now the last three games for sure, and he, he did it the best he's done it so far this season last night, is know what pace and what style he needed to be at in that moment. And to know that just because that's what he needed on that possession, it's not what he needed on the next possession, and it's not what he needed to five minutes later. First half last night, four points. Oh, just just four points, that's it? Why are we talking about this dude? Four points, that's all you got? Well, he also had six assists in the first half. And only one turnover. Second half, 16 points. Still three more assists, no turnovers. But you can see in the second half compared to the first, you know, he dropped the hammer a little bit. It's like, all right, I got to get to the rim now. Haven't drawn any fouls yet. Let's let's get in the lane and make some things happen. But then at times, all right, late in the game, let's get it to Jesse and let's get out the way. Because on that game deciding in many ways, three-point play by Edwards, not the three-pointer by Edwards, but the three-point play a few possessions later, you know, Judah got him the ball. And Jesse, it was one of those where he was being so patient. Like, I said out loud, man, kick it back out. Like, what are we doing here? Because usually when Jesse has the ball in his hands for that long, when it's not a decisive move, it doesn't seem to work out well. But maybe Jesse learned from Judah to, to play at a different pace. He waved Chris Bell out, said, all right, you move over here. Judah passed it into him. Back out. Jesse got the clear out. Burns was fouled out. He went to work, scored, and won. Was not game over, but it was the lead for good for Syracuse. And I think that's what we're starting to see, especially from Judah, but we're seeing it in the roster, the, you know, time and place. What do you need now that this team is getting a better sense of here in the last few weeks that was not there early in the season? Again, I know nobody wants to hear about, oh, it's a young team. they got to figure these things out. Well, this is what figuring these things out looks like. This is what it looks like when they actually start to figure these things out. Like Judah Mintz is telling the league, hey, I'm the captain now. you got to deal with this. And you got to deal with this at the end of games. And this has been a couple games in a row. He did it against Florida State. That facilitated first half, drop the hammer, second half scoring. And that's a good way. Hey, get everybody involved. Like that's that's the point guard aspect. Get everybody involved, and especially when you're a point guard like Judah. That's yeah, you're a point guard, but dude, you can score. Get everybody involved first, then go finish it. Then go finish it, and that's what we're seeing from Judah more here in the last few weeks than we did earlier. Some of the games earlier in the season, he came out like a ball of fire, just attacking the rim, attacking the rim, and that's great and all, but, man, that's hard to keep doing the whole game. And it's hard in that way. Are, are you going to beat them all by yourself? Now we're seeing here the last few weeks, okay, get a sense of it, Distrib- distribute, don't make mistakes. Again, only one turnover last night. Only one foul in the game, and the only foul that he committed was um, given one for free at the end of the first half, so he essentially did not commit a foul. He was just outstanding. Outstanding last night. And this is multiple times now we have said recently, I think this is the best game Jude has played all year. I said it last game, not yesterday, last game about Chris Bell. We've said it a lot recently about Jesse Edwards. 
Well, when you start saying that about more and more and more people here of late, like that's huge. That is huge for the Orange at this point of the season. We'll get into later in the show. Okay, yeah, it is huge, admittedly. You know, is it going to matter? Do they have a chance? And all that stuff. I don't know. Because the numbers right now, even after the win last night, the numbers last night are not smiling down on Syracuse. Their net ranking went from 98 to 95. And that ain't going to cut it. Like, there's still a lot of work left to be done. Is it possible? Absolutely. But, you know, the Arch have left themselves a large job for a variety of reasons. But they're starting to look like a team right now that is a tournament team. It doesn't mean they're going to be one, but they look like one. Which, admittedly, does not matter at all, according to any of the selection criteria for the NCAA tournament. Should it? That's a different question. But right now, it doesn't. The other side of the game last night, we talked about Judah, what he did on offense, was the defense. And specifically, the three-point defense. And these were two things I talked about yesterday. I thought that, you know, based on the zone, based on the way NC State plays, where they, I don't want to say they're like a ridiculously high-volume three-point shooting team, but... Yeah, they, they shoot it a decent amount. I thought they were going to take the most threes they'd take it all season, and they did. They had a few games at 33. They took 34 last night. And the key to the game was uh, twofold, and these go hand in hand. How hard were the Orange going to make those threes, and would NC State make them? Well, the Orange made them hard enough. Like normally, like in basketball of old, and by old, I mean like just a few years ago. Like if the other team made nine threes, you'd say, wow, that's a lot. Now when you make nine threes, you're like, hmm, that's not very many. When we make nine threes on 34 attempts, you say, that's 26%. That's not good at all. So again, kudos to the Orange defense. NC State's threes, for the most part, certainly the misses. Or maybe a step back from where they wanted to take them. And a few feet more contested from how you'd like to get them off. So Alan Griffin was on Orange Nation yesterday, you know, asked, Okay, what's what's the key to the game? And he said three point defense. So that was you know something rattling around my brain watching. And you're like, all right, like go back and not that far. Go back a month. Go back a month and a half. Like if this game was played a month, a month and a half ago, Syracuse probably would have lost because those because of the threes. Those threes would have been a step closer. Those threes would have been a foot less contested. At NC State, they got enough good shooters that. What would it taken? Well, if two more, one more goes in, you're tied. Two more go in, you lose. That's all it is. That's how close this is. That's where Syracuse is. That's what college basketball is right now. It's very, it's very thin. It's very close. And that's what Syracuse has figured out here a little bit in the last couple weeks of how to get over that hump, of how to change that thing the one time. I'm thinking of the commercial... Uh, Super Bowl commercial where Serena Williams did the uh, Al Pacino inches speech from any given Sunday with oddly less passion than he did. She did her like her entire tennis career. Come on, director. Serena's got that in her. Let's ever belt it out like Pacino. She can do it. But yeah, it is the inches, right? It is. Did you close out on that guy? Did you dive on the floor like Jesse Edwards to save a rebound from going out of bounds and kick it out to Judah Mintz, who made a three. Did you, if you're Jesse Edwards, know exactly where you were on the shot clock and not rush it and line up the only three you've ever taken in your Syracuse career and make it? Like, did you do those things? Did you do them calmly? 
and confidently. That's what the Arch did last night. Even like the plays like that, they felt under control. Even when they were rushed, they didn't feel it. And we'll see if they can keep it going. We talked about it yesterday. The schedule coming up is unrelenting of the teams right in the range or above the Orange in the ACC. Here's Duke next, tied with the Orange in the league standing. Then you've got Clemson and Pittsburgh, two of the teams ahead of you. Georgia Tech and then Wake Forest. Wake Forest tied with you in the league standings. Like it's all there in front of you uh, for Syracuse. And last night, the Orange have shown, okay, yeah, it's possible. It is possible. Well, it's going to take some doing, but it's possible, and that's good to see. All right, coming up on the show today, we'll talk a little more hoops uh, for sure. Drew Carter will join us coming up at 2.30 to recap last night's game. A look around uh, the league. Quint Kesnick on Lax at 3. Besides that, phone lines wide open for your calls today at 315-437-7644. Perhaps a little uh, listen to some uh, Jim Beheim sound from postgame last night when we come back after this. It is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Rolling along here on this uh, gorgeous PEA beautiful day here in central New York. Glad to have you here. QSportsTalk.com, wherever you might be today. QS, Utica, Rome, wherever you might be. Outside. Take us outside. Be like Quint. Early gardening. Maybe not. It's going to be in the 20s next week. Don't do anything crazy, people. Hey, trees, stop budding. Too soon. Saw a bunch of geese the other day. That seemed to be an aggressively early return uh, to the area. But shout out to geese. Anyway, rolling along on the show today, we're talking Q-Soups. If you want to talk about Q-Soups, the phone number remains this, 315-437-7644-ESPN44. I'm going to talk Q-Soups, whether you call or not. would love to talk to you, but uh, if not, we've done some research, we've done some thinking, we've gotten to the point where with yesterday's win, the Orange are officially on the bubble of the bubble of the bubble of the bubble. I think there's still like four bubbles out, but they are they are on something where we now get to legitimately start thinking about probably paying attention, which has led to some thoughts and to some research and to some digging into this. Once again, Brian goes down a rabbit hole. I'm late. I'm late. It's a very important date. No time to say hello. Goodbye. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Be very, very quiet. I'm hunting weapons. This time, I'll just go into the bushes over there, make a lot of noise, and flush out a rabbit. Hello? Hello? It's me, Miss Robert. Help! Curiosity often leads to trouble. Oh, 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 oh. All right, so down the rabbit hole uh, I went earlier today. I, unsuspectingly, I was not planning on this. And then, you know, things happen. And off one goes. But we've started talking a lot about the net of late. And the rankings. And where Syracuse is, where the ACC is. How might this matter going forward? So here's what we got. Going into yesterday, before the game, Syracuse's net ranking was 98. After the game, a.k.a. today, up 3 to 95. Still nowhere near where you need to be. Up 
but barely. 98-95. to 95. NC State, uh, they would be the other team. They lost yesterday. They opened yesterday at 36, down to 38. 36-38. to 38. Duke, Syracuse's next opponent. They beat Notre Dame yesterday at home. Won the game. Net ranking 32, dropped a spot to 33. They need to be 30 or above for that to be a quad one game in the Dome on Saturday. 30 or above at the end of the season when it's all said and done. Clemson, Syracuse's game after that. The Orange need them to be in the top 75 for that to be a quad one game at uh, Little John coming up on Wednesday, a week from tonight. Clemson, who did nothing yesterday, dropped from 77 to 78. They play FSU tonight, a game that will not help them even if they win it. Pitt, the game after that. That'll be a quad one game on the road. Pitt beat BC yesterday at home. I don't know why that's that much any different at all than Duke beating Notre Dame. BC is marginally better than Notre Dame. Duke went down a spot in the net. Pitt went up two spots. They went from 51 to 49. Explain any of that? I don't know. And then it's the self-fulfilling prophecy of, we were talking about it with Drew Carter an hour ago, of the Big 12. Well, the Big 12 won some games early. Now every game in their league is magnified. So Texas Tech which was 99 or something in the net on Monday, well, they beat Texas, who was top 10, and went up 10 spots after one game. So the Orange got a sort of big win, at least a big win in Syracuse's mind, went up three spots. Texas Tech got a big win, went up 10 spots. That shows you kind of where Syracuse is at in the puzzle pieces of all of this. Or we talk about what does Syracuse have to do? Well, last night's a big win. At the moment, it's a quad two win, but you know it's a legitimately good basketball win, net or otherwise. Whatever, you, however you want to look at it, it's a nice win. All right, so let's fast forward a month, slightly less. Syracuse wants to get in the NCAA tournament. What do their numbers have to be to be legitimately, historically in range to get in? Well, this is all, this is the fifth year of the net. It's the fourth year. It matters. One of those years, uh, no tournament in twenty twenty. So they switched from RPI to net, added the quads and the whole thing, and here we are. So there was net in a tournament in 2019, 2021, and last year. So three previous years of data on which to draw, on which the data was carried out to teams being in the tournament or not. Here are the lowest net numbers next to at-large teams in the three years of the tournament. Last year, Rutgers made it in at-large net 77. Wake Forest last year, notably, uh, had a great ACC record. Their net was 48, didn't get in. So it's not straight net. It's not just going down the list and checking it off. That's important to note. Because no matter what Syracuse does, they're not going to be able to shoot far enough up the net to get ahead of enough teams where they're going to get in based just on that number. Uh, The math ain't cooking on that. But that shows you where you're at. Last year, Wake 48? No. Rutgers 77? Yes. Obviously, wins, losses, whatever. That's the difference in those two. We're not going to go back and re-go through all of that. 2021, things were a lot weirder. That was not the season ended by COVID, but the year everyone played just weird schedules, wacky number of games in front of nobody. Wichita State, the Shockers, they were 72 in the net. The lowest ranked net team to get in the tournament. 2019, year one of the net. St. John's, 73 in the net. 77, 72, 73. So we see some consistency here of the bubble teams in the three years that this has been the metric with the net 
and the quad systems and the this and the that and, and the system that we have in place for this year that you need to get at least into a number that starts with a seven to have a re- reasonable chance of getting in the tournament. That also matters this year, not just for Syracuse. This is not just a Syracuse thought. Right now in the ACC, Wake is tied for sixth, and Clemson is up there. They've been first. They're in that mix. Legitimately, Clemson has a shot to win the regular season or get a double bye in the tournament. Like, without anything kooky happening. Like, that's just what their year has been. Well, right now, Wake is 75th in the net, and Clemson is 78th. Which, by the numbers, puts both of them hard on the bubble. Right on the bubble. We said it earlier. Like, Clemson, literally, in uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology today, is the last team in the tournament. Clemson? They were in first place in the ACC last week. First place in the ACC in a week in February. A week later, you lost a game or two. Now you're, now you're not just on the bubble. You're the last team in the tournament. The picture here is weird. It is very weird. And maybe, maybe this is just because of, you know, Syracuse's time spent in the ACC and it being on the other side of the coin of being in a strong league and same with the Big East, of the metrics favoring the league Syracuse was in and then that helping out Syracuse and its league mates, and now it's not. So maybe this has been happening to other leagues for years, like power leagues for years, and we're just oblivious to it here. That I don't know. That I'm not sure of. But it feels weird to look at the ACC or if this was happening to, you know, the old biggies or even the current biggies. That like Clemson, they're going to be one of the top five teams in the ACC in the regular season. Great chance to get a double buy in the tournament. And they're going to have to sweat it out. Like that's weird. So how does the play to Syracuse? All right. So now Syracuse, they got to make up 20 spots in the net. And we saw them. They got a, they got a decent win last night and went up three spots. Well, the remaining games they got, you're looking at you're looking at the remaining teams they got to play coming up. You look at Duke coming up. Well, the numbers say that's give or take the same kind of game numerically as NC State. Now, the road games factor in better, so Pitt, even though their net is lower, that game ranks higher for the Orange. But then you go down to a road game at Clemson, that's going to be kind of the same as what you just did. Like, the games you have left are give or take kind of the same you just did. It's very it's very strange how this is affecting the ACC this year. And I get it. Like, the fact that, you know, Duke and Carolina were two of the best teams in the country for years, and this year they're slightly off that. You know, yeah, does that affect the numbers? Sure it does. But are you telling me, like, the ACC they should have Clemson? Again, it's weird. Like, here I am. I've been arguing for Notre Dame lacrosse and Clemson basketball. Clemson is 18-7. and seven. They're 10-4 and four in the league. They're on the bubble? They're fourth in the ACC. That's the bubble? That's where we're at? Maybe it is. I don't know. Like, Pitt is leading the league right now at 12-3, and three, so the Orange are three games out of first in the conference. So, you know, you're not doing that. And the Orange are the double buy. The last double buy right now would be Clemson. They're 10-4. and four. In theory, should beat Florida State tonight and go to 11-4. But if they don't, that kind of opens up that last uh, spot. Like, if, if Clemson loses that game, the Orange will be a game out of a double buy. <laughs> what? I'm not predicting that to happen, but right now, you know, Syracuse is in a, it's, who knows what's going to happen here. Because the Orange are a half game back at NC State, but you got the win. You're tied with Duke. You're playing them Saturday. You're tied with Wake Forest. You still have to play them. You're a game ahead of North Carolina 
and he lost to him. So Syracuse is kind of in that one, two, three, four, five team mix for spots five through nine, which are all the teams that get a single bye. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. You know, how is it going to affect the NCAA tournament and the net and the bubble of the whole thing? Well, that's Joel Lenardi that on Monday. I want to ask him both his thoughts on how it will affect it and how his thoughts on how it should affect it. Because I maybe he'll disagree. But this year just feels weird. And this is not an argument for Syracuse to be in the mix now. Because Syracuse shouldn't be in the tournament today. I don't care what metric you're using, using today. They aren't. You're not a tournament team today. They played like, like one last night, but they're not a tournament team today. What, are you going to tell me like Clemson's not a tournament team today or might not be? Or Wake is in trouble? Like those teams today? What are we talking about? That's weird. That's weird. Here I am arguing for other teams in the league. Notre Dame, lacrosse. Ugh. This whole thing makes me feel dirty. But we'll see. Again, they aren't. So that, that's where interesting. So even, okay, if Syracuse goes gets these wins, if you're only moving up three or four spots in the net, if that's how it works, and that's not necessarily how it's actually going to work. But if you say move up three or four spots with these wins, well, then yeah. Five games left. Say you win them all. Say all of them are three to four spots. Well, that's that's 15 spots. Maybe. 15 to 20 spots moving up. And where does that plop you? That plops you right in that range in the 70s. That's before the ACC tournament, but that's winning them all. Plops you in that range of the 70s of being where the bubble hit literally every year that they've been in this in this situation. So do, does Syracuse have to win them all? I don't know. But the numbers say that it, it's going to be darn close. It's going to be darn close. They aren't on a good step, though. One three in a row. Can't win them all <laughs> unless you win the first few. We'll see. It's interesting getting into it and crunching the numbers, though, and looking at the numbers and uh, stuff that I did not really look at at all before this week because it just didn't feel pertinent. And here we are. It is fun that stuff like this is pertinent because then we can get mad about it. And that is what we do best. With that, we'll take our final break today. Come back, put a final wrap on things after this. This hour, as we just passed 344, is brought to you by William Attar. Hurt in a car, call William Attar at 444-4444. Step aside back after this on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.